all your dog wants to do is like lay on me and yes. I'm like the smell of you makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. I like ever vampires. since I was a kid the smell of dogs really weirds me out. She's a vampire. I mean she's probably. a vampire and my dog is a wolf. A werewolf. When will he turn into a boy? We don't know. <laughs> You had me at... Hell no! You had me at hell no. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, you are in for it. But if you're coming back, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you stopping by. Um, This is our podcast where we watch romance movies and try to figure out why. Why? Why? Why, as women, we are drawn to a genre that is almost exclusively marketed to us. Uh Uh-huh but doesn't necessarily portray us or the queer community or people of color in a positive way. So basically the thesis of our podcast or the hypothesis is that we're not sure. Yeah. And by us, we mean like a women in general, but also like women are also a part of those two other communities that we mentioned. Yes, absolutely. I just realized that we didn't make that clear in the last few episodes. And I, I wanted to cement that. I think that's fair. Um, And uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks. Uh, But also, we try to figure this out as two women who don't necessarily go to this genre as like a comfort. Uh, Melanie, what do you like to watch to relax? I love horror. I've actually been uh, trying to get my boyfriend to watch Children of the Corn with me. Oh, I've never seen it. It is a fun ride. There, It's like murder children, weird Jesus, corn monster, oh. uh, Linda Hamilton. Oh, I'm back So. In. Yeah, it's really a toss-up. We but, love. You know, it's definitely a good horror movie for people who are like, but I get scared. Okay. Because uh, you'll watch it and be like, why is this child with a bowl cut killing people? Yeah. Because um, he has a bowl cut. They <laughs> <laughs> gave him that haircut. And he's like, out I for mean, blood. Listen, they're coming back. I know. I The quarantine bowl cut. The quarantine bowl cut. Also, mullets were had been have been coming back in for a while. Definitely pre-pandemic. I went to a house show. Was it a house show? I went to something where someone with a mullet and I talked, and I was like, "Are we flirting? What's happening to me?" And, and it was then, because of the mullet. And I think it was the mullet. I don't remember his name. I wish you well. Anyway, I like to watch action movies to show out. <laughs> Uh, I especially like stuff where it's like, how how are we going to prove that we're best friends? A heist. A heist. Or <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. I also had. A re- I just love that your taste is so specific. I love a heist. I also love like, I, I love like a, a kind of corny villain, like especially like 80s type action movies mm-hmm. because it's so, it's such a ridiculous portrayal of masculinity. <laughs> you should watch Lethal Weapon. I know you don't care for Mel Gibson, and quite frankly, neither do it. I. I saw it. Years They're ago. solid. The, honestly, here's the best way to watch oh Lethal God. Weapon. Here's the best way. No. Um, either no. you dance whenever they play the saxophone, which is often. Ooh, I like that. Or you mute it and make up your own dialogue. That's fun. Which is actually quite fun. Mm-hmm. I've done that many times. Yeah. 
Uh, my dad walked in on me doing that when I lived with my parents, and he was very concerned. <laughs> I feel like there were probably other elements as to why. No, I'm literally, I'm sitting in the living room, watching it, talking to myself, narrating the movie. No one else is there. Okay, well, that's my life, <laughs> motherfucker. So maybe think before you speak and hurt other people's feelings. Do you feel attacked? I feel very attacked. I, I also felt attacked. Because I checked Netflix today and they were like, ooh, here are some trending movies. Maybe you'll like them. And one of them was a movie with Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, two men I don't fucking like. Ew, wait, they were in a movie together? Apparently, because assholes love hanging out. What what movie was it? I didn't I didn't pay attention because I saw it and was like, I need to let Netflix know and I gave it a big thumbs down. If I, I You sure told them. I did. <laughs> By continuing to give them my money and watching something else. They're like, but you watched The Punisher. I'm like, that's different. Because it is. Um, you can cut all this out. Uh, we're Just for that, we're keeping it in, Tiffer. Today, we're watching a movie voted on by y'all, actually, by our listeners. Yes, thank you so much. It is our holiday listener request. You can't see, but I'm doing Hand she emotions making to accompany of my voice. Beautiful motions. Thank you. Uh, and I'm it's while you were sleeping. Yeah. It's this this one. We had some feelings about it, but before we get into our feelings, we have to get into another important person's feelings. Mm-hmm. So our sound engineer Tiffer is with us. Hey Tiffer. Hi, Ali. Hi, Mel. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Doing well. Yay. Good. Um, Tiffy, have you seen While You Were Sleeping? No, is it a holiday movie? It doesn't sound like the title. We'll of get a into that. Movie. We'll get into we'll whether get into it's a it. holiday movie. But what do you do? You have any context for it? Do you know? Do you have a guess? If it is a holiday movie, it's got. It's obviously about like Santa coming into the house while you're sleeping. Stuff stuff happening while you're sleeping is what I'm getting from the title. Ooh. Honestly, I really like that guess. I'm, and I kind of wish that that was the movie we watched. A little bit. That's an interesting movie. Yeah. It, it's not the movie, but I appreciate it. And thank you for letting us know, Tiff. Yeah, good guess. Yeah. Thanks. I do my best. You do, you do your best. Based solely on the title. Based solely on the title. That makes sense for the context we gave him. But anyway, this has been Tiffer's Pop Culture Osmosis. Oh. All right. So we watched While You Were Sleeping, which was, I think, 94. Four, it's pre-Miss Congeniality, pre-obvi- Way pre-Miss Congeniality. And I think it's right before It's also Speed. pre-Murder by Numbers with young Ryan Gosling. They dated, dude. Gross! Not gross. Well, we know. I don't really care for the, Ryan Gosling. Our, a, a divide in our attraction to men is Ryan Gosling. Um, anyway, the stars, it, you're probably wondering who we're talking about. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock, the queen, the rom-com queen. One of the many, but one of the best ones in my opinion. I love so Sandra Bullock. Charming. She's so charming. This is also pre-speed, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so Sandra good. Bullock. Mm-hmm. The cast of this movie is really good. Really, it's Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman. Uh-huh. Ugh, love Bill Pullman. Melanie loved Bill Pullman. In he this. okay. Uh, Peter Gallagher, <sighs> Peter Boyle. Sorry, I was just still stuck on Bill Pullman. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. But Peter Gallagher, um, for millennials. Also loved Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher's great. For millennials, anyone who thinks the name sounds familiar, yeah, it is, because he played Sandy Cohen. He played Seth's dad, Seth's hot, cool lawyer dad in the OC. 
And he has the most gorgeous eyebrows Phenomenal I've ever eyebrows. seen on a human. Great eyebrows. Um, like truly attractive, great actor, Melanie, great brows. Melanie loves this dude. He's great, he, but he's you know, I do love of, Bill what? Pullman more. Yes. He was also in an episode of Curl Show as a uh, gigolo. Peter Gallagher? Yes. Of course he was. He's mm-hmm. great. He's so um, funny. Peter Boyle is also in this. Um, Glynis, I forget her last name. The, the mom, mom from, from Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. And for those of you who don't know Peter Boyle, he is most famously known for two roles. Uh, the dad in There's Something. Uh, no, everybody loves Raymond. Sorry, There's Something About Raymond. <laughs> Uh, and he was also uh, the monster in Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Honestly, also so my, good. Also, my mom met him on a plane in, I think, the late 70s. Really? Yes. I may have told you guys this story. I feel like it sounds familiar, but tell it anyway. Okay, so my mom used to have to fly a lot for her job. I forget what she did. She did something, but she was saying planes a lot. And she sees this guy, and she went, you're Peter Boyle. And he went, yeah, you want to touch me? And he held out, he held out his arm, and she touched his arm, and she went, thank you. And he went, no problem. And then they didn't talk, but, like, my dad could have been Peter Boyle. That's the moral of the story, is that Allie could be Allie Boyle. I could have been Allie Boyle. My name would not have been Allie. I would be 45 years old, married. I would be someone else, really, I think. Yeah, probably. Also, though, it's kind of interesting for me. There are two Mel Brooks alumni in this movie because there's Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein and Bill Pullman <gasps> from Spaceballs. Yes. Oh, my God. Because my attraction to Bill Pullman fully comes in from Spaceballs. Uh-huh. Like, give me, give me, like, budget nice guy Han Solo. <laughs> that's that's what he is in Spaceballs. Because, like, Han Solo, like, listen, I say this as an OG Star Wars fan. She, Han Solo's uh, a dick. He's... Um, he's a dick. He finds his naive. soul and finds his purpose, but he's like, I gotta be free. Ugh. He's naive. I don't think he's a dick. I think he's... Uh, you think Han Solo's naive? Well, he's kind of a dummy. He's sort of a dummy. He's sort of a dummy. He's he's surrounded by the Force at all times. and is like, what the fuck is this? Who cares? I don't necessarily <laughs> think that makes him dumb. I think he's... Well, Did you listen, see the we, Solo movie? We don't. Because uh, I watched it on Thanksgiving. We don't have time to solo. get into this. I watched it solo. We don't. Okay. <laughs> You're fired. It was an unnecessary movie. We already have a young Han Solo to jerk off to, but whatever. That was, that's a good joke. <laughs> Thank you for that riveting analysis. We have not gone into the plot of this movie. So no, this is about so, Sandra Bullock. So, yeah, the plot is that Sandra Bullock, uh, what's she her is, name? Emily? Lucy. Lucy. Emily? I, I don't know. The amount of times we have accidentally said Emily on this podcast. And not once has there ever been a character or a movie <laughs> named Emily. We Someone. don't know. No one in this room knows anyone named Emily. I know an Emily. What? I know a lot of Emilys. I don't want to know. I, there is a side to your life that I really don't know. Listen, my worlds can never collide as we discussed yes. last week. But... The basic plot of the movie is that Lucy lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a loner. She doesn't really have friends. She doesn't have any family. Her mom died when she was very young. She and lived her, with her dad. Who and got her father sick. passed away. Father so passed basically, away. she's like really good friends with her landlord mm-hmm. and the people that she works with. And she basically is a public transit worker taking tokens for the Chicago mm-hmm. 
whatever it's called there. I don't fucking know. The I've never L been there. Or whatever. <laughs> the the train. The train. Whatever. And so she is in love with Peter Gallagher. She has this like very strange long distance crush on him. They never speak. Never speak. He just comes never have pays met. the token. And she like knows who he is because, you know, they're both regulars at the same time. Mm-hmm. So he gets mugged and pushed onto the train tracks. Uh-huh. She saves him, but he ends up being in a coma. Yeah. And so by some farcical mix-up, uh-huh. the she hospital thinks that she's his fiance. Yeah. When really, she's just kind of a creepy loner, my opinion. Oh. A creepy loner who wants to make sure that he's okay after she saved him, which yeah. I think makes sense. That makes sense, but like... But then the whole, every, the whole rest of the movie is that the family thinks that she's his fiance. They haven't talked to their son. He hasn't talked to his family in like months. Yep. And for all they know, he could be dead soon, if not already basically dead. And so they're like, this is the last shot we have at like connecting to our son. It's kind of like a Mrs. Winterborn thing. Oh my God, yeah. And the thing is, this is a scary... This is a horror movie. This is a horror movie, but it works because it's done well. And Sandra Bullock prevents you from being like, this woman is a murderer. If fully, if Glenn Close played Lucy, we'd be like, who's getting murdered and when? It's all Hide your rabbits. The answer is it's everyone. Everyone's getting murdered. <laughs> but I mean, this movie, it's truly a horror movie from a different perspective. Yeah. Can you imagine? Okay. Let's just say your brother gets attacked on the subway. Yeah. You go to the hospital to see him. Suddenly, there's this woman that you've never met before. Uh-huh. Your brother's never mentioned her. In fact, you know nothing about him, her. He was mentioning another woman. Yep, and that woman's not in the picture anymore. No. You know nothing about her. Nothing. Yet she seems to know a lot about him. Yeah. And she just ingratiates herself into your family, only for you to find out dramatically that she was... Lying the whole time. Yeah. That's a horror movie. That's a horror movie. Like, However, you have to kill Sandra Bullock with a steak knife. But we don't do that because we love Sandra Bullock. Well, I mean, her she's character. very sweet. And what this movie does well, because they welcome her into their, like, Christmas. They get her a Christmas gift. They immediately love her. They're interested in her. They're very kind. They're super kind. And she has never had that. And the movie does a good job of showing you her hesitancy to let that go in a way that makes you kind of like, you care about her. You understand where she's coming from in that sense. They really set her up as like a lonely, sad, mm-hmm. non-threatening person. Yes. Meanwhile, there's his his brother, Jack, played by Bill, Bill Pullman. Pullman. And he, like the guy in the coma, his, his name is Peter. Peter. He is like a hotshot lawyer. He left the dad's business to go to law school. He's a hotshot lawyer gorgeous apartment, kind of a dick. And his brother, Jack, has stayed with the dad, wants to start his own furniture business. And is really good at making his own Mm -hmm. beautiful handmade wooden furniture. Yes. But he's afraid to start his own business Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to hurt his dad's feelings, which is kind of sweet. Very sweet. And he initially is very wary of Lucy. Like, why don't we know this girl? And rightfully so. Very much. And he like, like he sees her, he like goes to pick her up or something. He's like by her apartment. And okay, the landlord's son, Joe Jr. Who is magically uh, a New York Italian living in Chicago. If you're an Italian American in a movie, you talk, you have like a New York accent. You always have to talk like this. You, I'm I'm Joe Jr. You stood me up. Uh, 
He walks into a scene. Harry, at one- did you put your name in the gabagool of fire? Hey! Fucking hey, I'm in Chicago over here. Deep, Deep dish. dish. <laughs> Deep dish pizza is a casserole, not a pizza. It's Come not a fight me, you motherfucker. The best thing about pizza is when you bite into it, dude. <laughs> The cheese. <laughs> For a second there, you sounded like Coach Steve. The best thing about pizza hey, is dudes, when you I'm bite it, my dudes. Hey, my dudes. I'm basically a lot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on my big mouth impressions. I can't. Uh, now is not the time not or the place, the even though I just did Coach Steve. Um, but um, Joe Jr. is, like, obsessed with her. He just has a really, really big crush on her. And he, like, clearly, tells people they're involved. And right. She's like, he's that no, kind of douchebag. Yeah. And so, so Pullman asks him, mm-hmm. Jack is like, hey, do you know Lucy? Like, what's her deal? He's like, yeah, she's my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, uh-huh-huh-huh. Is that me? so? And he goes to the family and he's like, she's dating someone. And she's like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, you're dating Joe, whatever. Pepperoni or whatever. <laughs> His name might Joe. as well. Pepperoni. <laughs> Rest in pepperonis. Rest in pepperonis. <sighs> but, um, and she's, and she's like, like no, no, he is always doing that. Mm-hmm. He's my landlord. Yeah. And basically over the course of a week, really. Because yeah. it's. Peter is in a coma for a week. It's like, a, it's Christmas to New Year's, essentially. I think even a little after New Year's. Yeah. Um, She and Jack, she and Bill Pullman become more close and they clearly are having feelings for each other and kind of flirting with each other and they get along really well mm-hmm. and they care about it they come to care about each other quite a bit and and then, the tension is mm-hmm. there because they keep forgetting about peter yeah and then peter, peter wakes, wakes up, up and he remembers everybody else but he doesn't remember that he was engaged to this woman so he's losing his mind because he's like, he thinks that he has amnesia when yeah. really no, no you're fine also miraculous that he woke up from a coma yeah. without any brain damage no, he's fine like a big thing in a coma is that you don't always get enough oxygen to your brain mm-hmm. so how is he fine that's not what I'm, this movie is about i know but these are the things that bother me. But you're me. right. Like, normally if you're in a coma for like a week, it, a week? If you're not in a medically induced, heavily monitored coma, and he wasn't monitored that closely, they were like, yeah, he hit his head. He's in a coma. What do you want us to do? There's a very old doctor who is like, he is in a coma. And they're like, okay. And oh, also part of the reason she's afraid to tell people the truth is because his grandma, played by Mary Poppins' mom, the mom from Mary Poppins. Yeah, she's I'm got the a grandma from Superstar. Yes, she's got a heart thing, and if she gets too excited, she might have a heart attack. Again, a yeah. trope from Mrs. Winterborn. <gasps> Did this must have been a thing in the mid '90s where they were like, "These are things we need for rom coms." Every romantic farce needs to have this. Yeah. Oh, so they have a family friend played by Jack Warden, named Saul. Named Saul, and. He hears, overhears Lucy talking or whatever, and he knows that she is not who, he knows the truth about her, and he's like... He overhears her having, like, a very heartfelt talk with Peter, because she's really just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I've had a crush on you for so long, and, like, this is not how I wanted anything to work out, and I just came to the hospital because I wanted to make sure you were okay. And your family is really lovely. Yeah. And so Saul's like, I kind of know what you are. 
But I can I tell you're you good. Are. But I can tell you're a good egg. And can I'll you eventually tell them. What if it was like Twilight and he's like, I know what you are. Say it out loud. <laughs> you're a vampire. <laughs> you're a vampire. You're a Sandra Bullock. <laughs> can Your you skin imagine? is lightly tan. <laughs> And you're always sparkling and moisturized, because of your charm. And moisturize. <laughs> your eyes sparkle and your smile is warm. <laughs> so Saul, at a certain point, is like, I will tell them. We'll figure it out and I'll tell them at a certain time. And but he then never he doesn't because does. he, he chickens out. And he basically tells Peter because he likes Lucy and he can tell that the family likes Lucy. He tells Peter, like, I knew you before your, the coma and you're... You were kind of a schmuck. He calls him a no, he calls, calls him a, a putz. putz. He calls him a putz, and he's like, he's like, so, you were a putz, a putz before your coma. So and, like, and you, what mm. you should do is spend some time with that nice girl, and if you like her, you should ask her to marry you again, and you should marry her. And, and the thing is, at this point, she and Jack are really liking each other. So Peter wakes up, and he feels bad because he's like, maybe I have been. A, a jerk. He's like, I have been a putz. And yeah. also, cl- the the one thing that I think is not discussed at all in this movie is like, Peter is really objectified in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And nobody takes a moment to think about if he's actually okay. No, not once. And like, what what troubled me is that he really starts unraveling in a few scenes because he he's really struggling like, Something bad happened to me. I'm trying to process the trauma of being attacked. Mugged and then pushed onto a train track. Losing consciousness. Uh Could have died. Yeah. Not remembering much. And now all of a sudden there's this huge part of my life that I have no memory of. There must be something really wrong with me. Yeah. And nobody really addresses it. No. Not and I will say once. Peter Gallagher, Gallagher is great in this. He's also another person who's very charming. Mm-hmm. So we don't read this as sad. We read it as... This is fun. We read it as like, oh, he's becoming nicer. Yeah. And so he's like, Lucy, let's get married. And she's like, okay. And then it's like, I guess I have to marry this guy. And the reason, because she's close with her boss. Oh, yeah. And one of the her things she says. Her boss is her only, like. Friend. Yeah. Friend, essentially. Yeah. Which is And sad. so she essentially gives him the invitation to the wedding, which they have in the hospital chapel. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, why? Don't you like the other one? And she's mm-hmm. like, I've been alone my whole life. I don't have family. A nice, rich man asked me to marry him. Why wouldn't I say yes? Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets to... Well, before the wedding, Jack comes to her apartment. Oh, yeah. Because Joe is there. We find out that Joe uh, really likes to try on her shoes. <laughs> that... Clearly, he's having some sort of identity crisis. Well, because also there's a bit where he comes in and on it, sort of unannounced, and then Jack comes in, so she she hides Joe in her closet while she's talking to Jack. Metaphor, and after, and a little after, heavy-handed, uh, I feel. Whatever. And then we, she, when Jack leaves, she opens her closet door. And she's like, are you trying on my shoes? And he's like, no, I I tripped. My foot slipped into it. He literally is like, my foot slipped into it. And he's literally, he's just putting on the shoe. He's just putting on like a very sensible heel. And to be fair, uh-huh. like he starts dating another girl and she dumps him. Uh-huh. And he's he comes to her door because they're friends. Yeah, they're friends. And he's really sad. She's like, you want to try on a couple of my shoes, yeah, bud? She's She's nice about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a kind person, that even was, though she's kind of a stalker. Yeah. 
So, but the, the day the before wedding? the wedding, Jack comes to her apartment, mm-hmm. and they kind of have this conversation. And she's like, "Is there a reason that I shouldn't marry Peter?" Mm-hmm. Instead of being direct, this this stuff really bothers me because I just wish that it's- she would be direct to be like, "Hey, I kind of have feelings for you." Mm-hmm. Do you want me to not marry Peter? Yeah, here's the thing. These are not characters who would do that, and and, and part of farce is withholding information. I know, I hate it. And it drives me crazy. I hate it. You and I both are, like, not big fans of no, farce. No, truly, every class mm-hmm. that I took on Roman and Greek comedy, which is all farce, I lost my mind. Because mm-hmm. the teacher, the professor would be like, isn't this just, like, the height of ancient comedy? I'd be like, no. no. <laughs> this is not funny. Tell me something about Menander. Don't. That's. I'm joking. Don't Are tell you me serious, or do you actually Menander. want another lecture? I really, I really don't. <laughs> well, we could talk about Roman comics. We could talk about Plautus or Terence. Terence. His name. Yeah. Yeah. Terence. I wrote a paper once. There's Plautus and Antiochus and. Geronimo. Geronimo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I once really. I almost titled a paper. Uh, uh, hookers and Blow, colon, an examination of the character of the prostitute in Tarantino comedies. Um, That's a good title. Babe. Thank you. I changed it uh, because my professor, who, shout out to her, Marilyn Skinner, mm-hmm. OG feminist scholar. I was her TA for a while. Really, really amazing person. Uh, she told me that that was not an appropriate title. And she was right. I guess. Um, she thought it was funny, but inappropriate. All right. But this is also coming from the same woman who, in her um, gender and antiquity class, um, specifically said the word gynecology. Gynecology. What? She literally, she just dropped that bomb and watched the flames engulf the class and then winked at me and kept talking like nothing fucking happened. Gynecology? She's incredible. I, ugh. Gynecology. Okay, so we need. To, wh- they're okay. getting. She's going to get married, and when they're and truly before they even start the ugliest dress I've ever that's seen. That's the ugliest fucking dress I've ever seen. It was just a white sack with a bow on horrid. it. Horrid, horrid, ugh, horrid. Have some self-respect. But we're supposed to think like that's like a nice dress for like. She doesn't see herself the way we see Sandy B. You know what I mean? That's true. Lucy does not she's see alone, herself as glamorous. And she's cute and whatever. So anyway, before the ceremony even really starts, she and Jack both say, I object at the same time. And that's when she comes clean to everyone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm sorry, but I like fell in love with your family. And I'm so sorry. And I understand if I never see you again. It's very, it very emotional. Sense. It's very emotional. And she delivers it beautifully because she's like, I will... She's like, I understand, like, you never wanting to see me ever again, but I will hold it in my heart. I, like, I will love you guys forever, and, and I'm so grateful like, for what you She also said, you showed did. me a kind of love that I haven't felt in a really long time. Yes. And it was really hard for me to give it up, but, like, now that I'm here in this situation, yeah. I can't go through with it because I don't want to hurt anyone. Yes. And at one point, she also goes, I'm in love with your son. And they're like, yeah, we know, Peter. And she's like, no. no the other one. The other one. And Bill Pullman's like, <laughs> Bill that Pullman? was a great Bill Pullman impression. <laughs> <laughs> Just a grunt. Just, today, I can't do it. Honestly, Bill Pullman kind of dresses like you. Thank you very much. There was a point where he got out of a truck and you went, you're wearing that. <laughs> he was wearing boots, jeans, uh, a jeans jacket, and like a flannel shirt. And honestly, if you swapped out the flannel shirt for like a graphic tee, <laughs> that was- that's Allie. <laughs> 
whatever. It's fine. I don't care. Um, it was a look. It was a fit. It was a style. It looks um, great on you. Thank you so much. You're but welcome. also, it looked great. This, I recognize that Bill Pullman is like handsome, nice man. I don't feel like oh, about him. I, I, I may like weirdly. If I have any kind of like romantic, lovey, crushy feelings for him, it would have been for Casper because I watched it so much as a kid. And also, you do love that sad dad in denial. I love like a man who's like, oh, no, 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 my wife died. I'm handling it fine. I'm just obsessed with ghosts now, <laughs> which is Casper. That's, that's the plot of Casper. Casper is such a dark goddamn movie. I watched it, it truly so is. much as a kid. I watched kid. it recently and I was like, this is a children's movie? Yeah, I watched it about five years ago. The 90s were wild. Yeah, I watched it about like five years ago on Halloween. I need to rewatch it. But I was I was like, I watched this so much as a kid and this is a children's movie? About, all about death. All about death. Like, also, I saw, I think this was on TikTok or something, but like, because the thesis is like, ghosts are here because they have unfinished business. And part of Casper's unfinished business was to make his father happy or something or like make his dad not feel alone. And his dad died alone, alone. So he is condemned to be a ghost forever. I think that's the thesis of that. Not the thesis, but like the thing in that movie. Because his dad spent the rest of his remaining years. Oh, that's right. Because Casper building a, died before a, like, his dad. A, like, a life machine, machine. To, build ca- to bring Casper back to life. Yeah. That's right. God, I loved that movie. It's a good Remember movie. Remember at the end when Devin Sawa shows up at the dance? I do. I think <laughs> you had more, more stakes in that than me. I wasn't, I didn't, I was just like, oh, wow. This must be what love is when you're a teenager. And then See, I became a teenager and was like. That, none of this has happened to me. <laughs> mm. See, when I was a kid and I watched Casper, I was more interested in Eric Idle <laughs> as a kid. I know who I else was. I was obsessed with. I was fascinated by her and I loved her and I kind of wanted to be her a little bit was um, Kathy Moriarty. Really? Yeah, I was like, I know she's the villain, I'm, but I was like fascinated by her. Because huh. I love a woman that's just like plotting with like a towel on her head, just like, hmm. How am I going to get that so, money? <laughs> you know, follow-up question. How do you feel about Joan Cusack and Adam's Family Values? Also was obsessed with her. Truly <laughs> A-plus performance. Just a 90s woman in, like, a, a like either black or white, like, very stark power suit. Just being full-on crazy. Uh, I was a ballerina! Yeah. Graceful! Just, like, delicate! Willing to murder to protect herself. I was like, this bitch knows what's up. <laughs> So anyway, if uh, all the, I, this if, is all if, to say that Bill Pullman is Melanie, very attractive to both of us in different ways. Melanie was so like throughout the movie, she just kept being like, "Oh my god, oh no!" Like was in love. Didn't with Didn't realize Pullman. how attracted I was and how big of a part he was in like my attraction to dudes. And I did not feel that. But maybe I'll have to like rewatch Casper and be like, oh my God. Um, like, if we watch. This man is so sad about his dead wife. <laughs> if we watch Spaceballs, I think I'll realize a lot about my sexual awakening. See, Spaceballs did not have a part in my sexual awakening. For me, it was Star Wars and Spaceballs because I love them equally. See? Because Sp- I am obsessed with Mel Brooks. Yeah. Wait, I think Mel Brooks had a factor in. I. <laughs> this is. Is okay. Mel Brooks part of both our sexual awakening? Thank you, Mel. We respect you. That's why I decided However, to go by the nickname Mel because I was obsessed it. with him. But I love that for you, it was 
Spaceballs. And for me, it was Young Frankenstein. That really does say a lot about both of us. But I was like, oh. I was like, something about this movie, <laughs> I like watching it. It makes me feel different, but I guess I just like watching it because I like comedy. And then I rewatched it in my 20s and was like, this is the horniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> this is entirely innuendo. You know what a really no- uh, another really good Mel Brooks movie is that's underrated? High Anxiety. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's the Hitchcock spoof. <sighs> it's basically Mel Brooks and Madeline Kahn. Have you seen that documentary so about Mel Brooks? Yes. I watched it with my entire fucking family. Literally, my grandpa was like, there's a documentary about Mel Brooks on tonight. The whole family was like, we're watching. Yes. I love it. It made me cry when he talked about Anne Bancroft. Yeah. Anyway, she and Jack confess their love. They get married. But we forgot that throughout this movie, uh, Peter's actual girlfriend keeps calling, leaving messages. And basically, the message we hear is like, hi, Peter. Um, I'm still in Portugal, but I've decided I will marry you. And then she shows up. After, and they were like, after Lucy and Jack are like, the wedding's off, she's like, I object to the wedding. And the priest is like, get in line. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out <laughs> that, that she was married. She was married. And also, they had technically kind of broken up because he proposed. She left. She said no and ran away to Europe. Ran away he to was Europe. like, I thought we had broken up. And she's like, no, didn't you get my messages? And he was like, no, you dumb idiot. I've been in a coma. I've been in a fucking coma. <laughs> and... Lucy and Jack get oh well first she just like leaves and then is working at the token bowl toll toll booth token token booth token no I think it's the token toll bowl booth (laughs) you know what I'm not from Chicago so I wouldn't know we're not from Chicago but we're pretty sure you want to eat a deep dish pizza by the bean (laughs) (laughs) let's Go see the sax play. Ew. The white sax. Double ew. Let's go see the cabs or the bears. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone? Let's go to the lake. Lake Michigan or one of the other fucking lakes. Isn't. Isn't the uh, bridge over the river where the Dave Matthews band unloaded all the shit on their fans? No, it wasn't their fans. It was just, okay. So <laughs> they opened, they unloaded their septic tank for their bus. So just all like of the shit. 800 as, pounds of shit. As. <laughs> so gross. As a boat with a bunch of tourists were going under. God. Oh. So in that moment. This is horrifying. And it's like tourists. They're like, we're here. We're on the river. And then they just get covered. Covered in shit. With Dave Matthews shit. Ugh, it's disgusting. Oh, that makes me laugh. Anyway, she's working at the toll booth. She's like, I guess this is my life. And then she sees in the little like Everyone's giving like a dime. Because, you know, in the 90s, it cost a dime to ride the subway instead of fucking $3. (sighs) Inflation. Anyway, um, it's coin after coin and then a diamond ring. A diamond ring. And then there's Bill Pullman, and then there's the rest of the family. Which is very sweet. Yeah. And he's like, we have a, a, I have a question to ask you. And he, she, he's like, can I come in there? And she's like, no, you need to pay a token. So he <laughs> does or whatever, and then he goes in, and he's like, will you marry me? And she goes, yes. And they get married. And it's very sweet. 
I, it's, guess honestly, what? I, is, I was charmed by this film. It is barely a Christmas movie. It is, but it's thought of as a holiday movie because it takes place over the holidays. Yeah, but it's barely, it's not really a Christmas movie. I mean, like, listen, we all know about my bias from last week. So, like, I, I'm kind of cool with the Christmas movie that's not about, but what about the presents? <laughs> well, I'm fine with the, here's the thing. I did realize something last night because I turned it down a street. And there was a nativity scene, and I was like, oh, Christmas. And I forgot, like, I do, I do kind of like Christmas. You're allowed to like Christmas. And I know, but it was just very It's nice that you enjoy things that you enjoy. I still love a nativity. If nativity scenes and Christmas with your family brings you joy, wunderbar, have fun. Yes. That sounded very sarcastic, but I meant it. (laughs) What about the German... (laughs) I mean, I mean, I just always think of Krampus, like from The League, how Taco's obsessed with Krampus. Oh, I did you see the movie Krampus? Oh, I loved it. I didn't. Very funny. I didn't like it. Oh, was it well, not supposed to be funny? No, it, it was supposed to be funny. I think I was like, this is scarier than I thought. I was like, whatever. There were other elements. I'm surprised that you saw Krampus. Yeah, I saw it with my two younger boy cousins. Did you watch it because Tony Collette was in it? Is that the reason why you agreed to see it? No. Oh. Wait, Tony Collette's in it? Yeah, she's the mom. I forgot. Anyway. Adam Scott's in it too. He plays the dad. Yeah. The ending creeped me out. I liked it. I didn't like it. Anyway. Irrelevant to what we're talking about, but I think we both like this movie. I like Allie, this movie. Would you recommend I while would you were recommend sleeping? this movie. Good. Me too. It's, it's a rom-com where you're like, I'm charmed by this. Sandra Bullock can, she's great. She is so good. She could get it. She manages, she can get it, but she also manages to make you feel like, oh, this is a relatable, nice woman. And like, she's a movie star. Yeah, in I'm real pretty life, sure she's like a producer and like is a boss to she's people. She's like the least relatable person. And she's not, but she does seem like a genuine, nice person. Yeah, because she's good at her craft. And I like the her. The craft of acting. When you're an actor, you have to study your craft. What else in this movie? I don't know. What, is it think, romantic? I think this movie is romantic. I think it is kind of romantic. I think it's sweet. Um, It's it's the kind of romance that's like sweet, wholesome romance. Very wholesome. It's like, a lot of like. It's a lot of getting to know someone romance. It's not like we're going to do it. It's a lot of like the lead act, like the lead love interest man has like kind of a husky voice and he likes to make furniture and his name is Jack. I and mean, like, okay. I dig it. That's, that's like a theme in a lot of like rom-coms and like ABC TV shows where there's like brown hair man wears sweater likes furniture named Jack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He has like a, a one Like a one syllable name. Yeah. Jack. Ron. Ron? Ron Swanson. I thought you said Vaughn. I was like, excuse me? No, who do we know named Vaughn? No one. That's why I was confused. Oh, no, no. Fully, I meant Ron Swanson. Okay. I was so confused. Uh, Is it sexy? I don't think so. I don't think so I don't think this is a sexy movie. No, and I don't think it's supposed to be. I I, I I don't think I'd like it if this were, like, sexy. I don't like that. I think this movie is too wholesome to be sexy. Yeah. this is the kind of romance, this is the kind of movie that, like, you would watch at a sleepover or with your family. Yeah. This is an okay movie to watch with your family. Exactly. Part of the romance is that she's falling in love with the family. It's not just that she likes this guy's brother. Again, Mrs. Winterborn, yeah, all over again. She falls in love with the family, and that's very sweet, and that's very wholesome. 
I do like, I like the fact that they love her for who she is, mm-hmm. even with the false premise, and they don't, they don't necessarily, it is a little bit concerning that they don't care that she lied don't, they don't about care. something that big, but also. They don't care about that. That is, that is a cause for concern, but it's also mm-hmm. nice to find acceptance when you're lonely. Yes. And that's the part that I like about this. Yes. As someone who is alone, you know, sometimes being, wait, being, being, being with, hold on, fuck. Here we go. I was trying to quote Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, <clears throat> and now I can't remember what it is. I was going to, re- I was about to yell Stella, but that's a streetcar named Desire. That's a streetcar named Like, feeling lonely, being alone, being with someone. You have one more chance, and then we're cutting this. <laughs> I'm Googling it. What, when we do a streetcar named Desire, I'll just open the episode by screaming Stella. Why would we do that, babe? I don't know. It's not a romance. It's not? No. Do you know what? I, I haven't seen it since high school, so I don't really remember. There we go. Living with someone you love can be lonelier than living entirely alone. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at you. No, you're supposed to laugh. Uh, it's, no, no, they're not. No, Street Cardium Desire is like about. I don't remember what it's about. It's basically about abuse, women being abused. And then at the end, one of them is sent to an insane asylum. Oh. After being raped. Cool. Plays. Isn't it fun to be a woman? Yeah. Um, And then Cat on a Hutch and Roof is like. A bunch of lies and also like, is my husband gay? I don't know, but I want to have a baby because we got to secure ourselves financially. And a baby's going to do that? Well, Big Daddy is down to cancer and he doesn't have a will. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I think I might love Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, but would I recommend while you were sleeping? Yes, I would. <laughs> I also would. Um, um, and now it's time for the most important question of all. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Do you have one? Yeah, I do. I've got a bunch. Go. All right. Sorry. I mean, please let me know. No, you're fine. Fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. Bill Pullman. Okay. Peter Gallagher. Uh-huh. Joe Jr. <laughs> As their characters? Yes. Sorry. Jack, Peter, Joe Jr. Ooh. I cannot. Here's the thing. Joe Jr. would love me. Um, yeah, he would. Would love me. Um, I don't know why I said that. I don't know that he would. I think he would. I'm saying that because I've met men like that, and they always are very curious to as talk As long to as you let him try on your shoes, I think you'll be square. That's Here's the thing. That might be a great relationship of just borrowing each other's shoes. However, I don't want to live with a man like that. So what are we doing with Joe Jr.? I'm... I'm very sorry, but I don't want to. Allie, you, every week we go through the same song and dance. You have to well, okay. choose. Okay, all right, fine. I'll just do it. We're killing Joe Jr. Okay. I know. I think it's because I am Joe Jr. There can't be two Joe Juniors There in the can marriage. be only one. There can be only one. Um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry Jack, and I'm going to fuck Peter. No, I'm going to marry Peter and our kids will have the most amazing eyebrows that in America. Is and true. I'm fucking Bill Pullman. There we go. I nailed it. Okay. Can you imagine 
a combo of my eyebrows and Peter Gallagher's eyebrows? I can. They would be the most luscious oh, eyebrows that ever walked the face of the earth. It's a hard out, Brooke Shields. Truly. Um, although, I love Brooke Shields. What do you mean I love Brooke Shields? Whatever. Your Colgate ads. Iconic. Um, how about you? Uh, what would be your answer? I'm thinking. I'm just thinking about Brooke Shields now. Mm-hmm. She was in a really weird horror movie called Alice Sweet Alice when she was like eight. Yeah. she. It's about children killing each other. The fact that she is even kind of okay now is a miracle. Truly. The way she was taken advantage of as a child is disgusting. Yeah. Brooke, we hope you're okay. She's doing great. She's married to this guy named Chris something. She's the foster grants girl. And lazy boy. And lazy boy. She's doing great. She's making commercial money and... Her husband is like a major producer for like a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. knows all these like she was saying. She had a cameo in that 70s show. Yeah. She oh, did great. She did. she did great. Honestly, she was great. But anyway, uh, my fuck Mary Kill, very different from yours. Yeah. I am killing Peter Gallagher. Killing Peter. Oh my God. I am marrying Jack, and I am fucking Joe Jr. What? You know he's a freak in the sheets. Uh, I mean, he'll wear his shoes. Yeah, he's a freak. And I'm I'm into that. I'm happy. I think that would be a good... I think we would have an understanding. We'd have, like, one night, and then we'd be like, great, bye-bye forever. Mm-hmm. And then I would, you know, marry Jack. That's nice. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Joe Jr.'s too close to, like... I'm certain I have a relative like him somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. That's like when people show me like Irish, like brown haired dudes. And they're like, isn't he so hot? I'm like, that's every one of my cousins. That's true. Like people keep talking. This guy is fine. But people keep talking to me about like normal people that Irish show about the Irish people who cry and have sex. What? It's on Hulu. I haven't watched it. But they're like, this guy is so hot. And I'm like, this is one of my cousins. (laughs) Irish people who cry and have sex. Mm hmm. Is That's that how, just sad porn? No, because it also has a plot. <laughs> Again, the question, is that just no, sad it's porn? Because it's art. Again, it's art. is it just sad porn? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Ugh. I, I have, again, have not seen it. Honestly, I'd probably rather watch a sad porn. I don't want to watch a sad porn. Well, like one with like a sad plot where they're like trying to do something. They're like. <laughs> we really tried at this. <laughs> But wait, hold on. What is a sad porn? I have no idea. We're fucking for the troops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What have I done? At ease. Ugh. <laughs> um, All right. I have another fuck, Mary kill. You do? I do. Okay. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. Peter Boyle. Saul. Or old doctor. Oh, boy. The old guys. The doctor looked like my grandfather, so we're killing him. I'm very sorry, but I cannot engage romantically with you, sir. Okay. Rest in peace. We respect. We love, but I cannot do that. I'm going to marry Peter Boyle to make up for what my mother could not do. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to fuck Jack Warden because I love him, and he was in the great Muppet caper. Also, I had a realization of how, like, I knew the great Muppet caper is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it definitely had an influence on my sensibilities. But really, in terms of humor. However, I realized another thing: it's every, it's a combo of every movie I like. It's a very kind of earnest comedy, 
kind of about friendship and finding friendship and respecting people. It's kind of a romance. It has a musical element, and it's about a heist. Oh, shit. It's the perfect movie. It's the perfect movie for you. For me. And it's The Muppets. Charles, you do love The Muppets. I do. Um, What's your answer to that? I think I will kill Saul. Grow a pair. Oh That's how I feel. If you're go- if you tell someone you're going to take care of something, you better fucking take care of it. Whatever he thought he was. Um, I'm going to fuck Peter Boyle and I'm going to marry the doctor. Wow, because he's a nice doctor. No, because I think we would have a nice marriage where we do our own thing. Okay, and like. I could pursue my interests because he'd never be home because he's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's busy. Well, and I that's, think we that's while you were sleeping. That's while you were sleeping. Um, It's called while you were sleeping because she... It's called while you were sleeping because she fell in love with the brother while... While he was sleeping, while was a.k.a. Sleeping. while you were in a coma. While you were in a coma. While you were dying. While you were, more while like were possibly it. dying in a coma, I pretended that I knew you and then... Engaged romantically with your brother. <laughs> That's the only way I could react to that. Also, who are Peter Gallagher's like real parents? Because like everyone in that family is kind of blonde or a redhead, and then Peter Gallagher is like very like dark, dark hair, dark, thick eyebrows. Doesn't look like anyone else in that family. There is something up. Ooh, also concerning. Do you remember the part where he's talking about how he, like, there's a story that Lucy learns where he had, like, rescued squirrels when he was a kid. (gasps) And when he wakes up, he tells Jack, he's like, hey, do you remember Mm -hmm. that I hurt the squirrels and knocked them out of their nest in order to save them? Yeah. And I was like, oh, is this man a sociopath? No, but here's the thing. That's been proven wrong about that theory of, like, killers and sociopaths, like, hurt animals when they're younger. And then they kill people later. Well, yes and no. So it's it's called the homicidal triad. Okay. And the triad itself has been debunked. Okay. And the theory is that if you exhibit these three things or a combination thereof oh. as a child, you will be a killer. Mm-hmm. And it's bedwetting, arson, and hurting animals. Oh. And really, those things aren't themselves predictors of violent behavior and sociopathy or psychopathy. Okay. Really what primes young brains for that is severe systematic abuse and neglect. Got it. So if your basically your love map as a child is skewed by constant violence, the only way you know how to express yourself is through violence. Ooh. So hurting animals is a good predictor but it's also a sign that someone's been severely hurt. So the homicidal triad is bupkis, Mm -hmm. but the parts that make up the triad are also signs of abuse and neglect. Got it. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. You're welcome. My white lady serial killer knowledge finally came in handy. There, look, when you're a white lady, you're either really into true crime or you're really in, I don't know, what's the other thing? Candles? Crystals? I'm not into candles. Wait, I own a crystal. (laughs) (laughs) I also bought a crystal from your sister. <laughs> uh, she means Tiffer's sister. I yeah. don't have any sisters. No. Anyway, yeah. that's been while you were sleeping. Um, 
we hope that you enjoyed this uh, episode. And um, again, it's one of those episodes where the movie is, is this film didn't really hold our attention, mm-mm. but it was still enjoyable. I had a great time. Kind of like Ever After in a way. Yeah. Like, we had a good time. We did have a good time, but we talked mostly about other stuff. Other stuff. And that's okay. That's also like, if you want to know everything about the plot, read the Wikipedia. All right? Or just watch it. It's delightful. Just watch it. Also, I'm It's certain, a goddamn delight. Also, I'm certain there are like other, there's like a YouTube like video essay about while you were sleeping. Of course there is. Um... Go search for it. Have fun. But thank you for listening to our podcast. We do really appreciate your support. We really do. It, it means a lot to us. We we really love doing this. And anyone listening, we appreciate you joining in. We do. And, you know, every week you want to tune in. We have a number of ways you can listen to our shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. What else are we on? I our forget. website. Depression Brain really got me. Wait. Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, uh, our website. What have I done? We should know this. Do we have a podcast? (laughs) What what are we doing here? What's happening? How did we get here? And you might find yourself (laughs) in front of a microphone. (laughs) And you may ask yourself, how did did I I get get here? here? Uh, no, I think it's those four ways. <laughs> those four fucking ways. Uh, uh, okay, well, we you also... can listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HellNoCast. Mm-hmm. And if you truly enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. Leave us a like. Subscribe. Tell um, your friends. Word of mouth. Post Spread that shit. It. Tell people. Let the like world it. know about how funny we are. Please, dear God, I have... This is what I have. I'm joking. I have. I'm good. I if Ali, if I'm the doing world, great. if the world doesn't know that we're funny, we're both gonna die. If, if our lives depend on word of mouth. If this, if this whole thing, we are not out, dramatic. No, I'm no. We're not. We're actually. just being honest. I'm not dramatic. I'm not a bitch. I'm just being honest. And like I, like I don't like drama. I don't like it, and that's why I like. That's why I don't like to do shit like this. Like I told people when this started, when I came on this show, I said, I don't want drama. I don't want beef. I'm not here to be real. But if I'm, if I'm going to be here and someone runs their mouth, I'm going to fight. Like, (laughs) (laughs) if someone gets in my face, I'm getting right back in their face. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because that's just who I am as a person. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Love you. Bye-bye. We did it. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded in Scoundrel and Scamp Theater in Tucson, Arizona. And Allie and I just want to thank the theater for allowing us to record there. Special thanks are also in order to Tiffer Hill, our engineer, for putting up with all of our shenanigans and making us sound fabulous. As well as Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. Yeah. 